Welcome to Audio How's it going, everybody? I'm Chris. And I'm JD. A.K.A. Mr. Tickle Sneezer. Tickle Sneezer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you, you'll find out where that came from there, uh, later on in the show. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Well, I got I got one for you, Mr. Fluff Pop. Now, Fluff now Pop. what about that one? I, yeah, it took me a little minute to think about that one. Fluff Pop. <laughs> Nice, nice fluff pop. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mr. Tickle Sneezer. All right. <laughs> and as you heard, this is Audio Bites, the show where we talk about all things audio and pretty much anything else we feel like. Mm-hmm. All right. So for today's show, um, uh, I've I've been really getting kind of interested lately in a lot of the developments in the realm of MIDI. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not personally like a programmer, a producer, or a musician of any type, but uh, it, it's really been interesting to me, especially with all the questions that I've gotten uh, through Twitter or whatever else about different MIDI things, specifically within the DJ realm as well. But uh, you know, back in Nam. Uh, there were some great things. In the first show, we talked about uh, the... Uh, Behringer motor, vroom vroom, oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> um, which was so awesome that JD had to go ahead and buy it, uh, even though we're waiting for it to come out. Yeah, yeah, I went ahead and pre-ordered the thing, man, because um, you know, I had originally ordered the Nectar, um, which was by far a really awesome uh, MIDI interface. I really loved the capabilities of the Nectar and what it could do. Um, it was, it's a really, really good intro piece to, uh, getting into MIDI controllers. Um, but the motor, because of the price number one, and then because of my specific needs with, um, needing to have a a dedicated MIDI cable, um, that was a very important part of, of that, uh, decision because the Nectar didn't, it was just USB only. Yeah. Yeah. That, Makes things quite nice uh, having the actual MIDI connections uh, just in case you wanted to go and uh, get yourself a rack mount, um, either synthesizer or get a rack mount sampler, um, such as like uh, the Motif uh, rack Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. um, getting the Phantom rack or, or... if you're a little bit old school, getting the Triton rack with the oh, yeah. uh, three and uh, what was it? The three and a half inch disc <laughs> slot. on Yes. It. Yes. I wasn't a Triton fan, but, you know, I I just uh, I, I love the sounds that they came out with, especially, you know, seeing that the Neptunes weren't afraid to take the stock sounds and just yeah. roll with that. And they just pretty much made it their own. Um, but, but yeah, uh, being able to do live, uh, performances with the motor is, is very important to me. So, um, definitely. But as we continue on, you'll guys, you guys will kind of, we'll kind of get in more into that. Yeah. And actually, uh, going back on Nam, there actually, no, it wasn't Nam. It was music mess. Yeah. Music um, mess. at music mess, 
they actually announced um, for FL Studio, which is a software that uh, we definitely love. I mean, also Ninth oh, yeah. Wonder used it for Jay Z's Black Album, and oh, yeah. uh, there, there's actually been uh, a big push for even DJs to use it like Avicii and Afrojack uh, those are two of the main big DJs that have been calling for some live performance type things within FL Studio awesome. so uh, I mean there's a lot of DJs right now that are actually using Ableton for that live performance factor and, oh, and yeah. such and and uh, that that's all well and good but it's such an ugly 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 software i mean oh it's not gosh. pretty to look at it's amazing with this functionality but it's just ugly like it looks like it fell down the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down oh man you gotta give him some credit though man ableton definitely from the dj crowd definitely does fill a space that is missing i believe yeah um, it does bridge the gap the interface could use some work. I mean, me being a, a web developer and understanding how hard it is to develop GUIs, which is one reason why I really do appreciate FL Studio because their GUI um, design um, just really is overkill, if you will. Like they really don't have to provide the pretty interfaces and the analog look and all of these other really cool designs that they integrate. You know, but, you know, you would think that Ableton would maybe just do a little bit, just a little yeah. bit more work, just a just little, instead a little of making bit. it look, look kind of like Crayola. That's kind of what I, <laughs> I'm reminded of when I when I see Ableton. It's kind of like, wow, you know, OK, cool. Yeah. Well, what's really amazing about Ableton, though, are all the controllers that have come out to work with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And now some of those controllers are actually able to work within FL Studio and uh, the other thing that's really cool about these controllers is that people are actually kind of designing these light shows with yes. these controllers as yes. they're uh, triggering their sounds. They're assigning mm -hmm. different lights and they're even uh, doing some oscillation with that and uh, mm -hmm. all sorts of really cool things and tips and tricks and everything with these pads. But um, one of the one of the controllers that actually works really well with FL Studio, especially FL Studio. 11 which mm -hmm. uh, heads up y'all it's coming to mac finally what yes what? yes it's going to be coming oh, so to mac finally get the chance to experience the goodness <laughs> yes yes not so, just fl studio mobile oh my gosh that was that was different <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the controller that actually works with that uh it's actually designed as an ableton live controller but it's the novation Launchpad S. Uh, okay. So uh, this is made by a company called Novation. You can check them out at NovationMusic.com. They have a lot of great MIDI controllers, but specifically they make some great Ableton Live controllers that make it really easy for you to customize uh -huh. and, uh, and really uh, shape a live performance as well as you can assign what colors you want for what pads, what groups. You can trigger different things. I mean, uh, you can even um, set up pads for your different sweeps. You can set up pads uh, to trigger like whatever effects you want. And it really makes it um, really kind of an organic performance as you're going yeah. along. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, images right now, and it's funny because what it reminds me of is um, if you ever watched Tron Legacy, the the uh, 3D slash 2D cartoon that Disney came out with, um, with um, Mr. Frodo as the lead for that particular cartoon, there is one um, episode where the girl that's in the in there is making music and this launch pad looks exactly like <laughs> uh that and so it, it's really cool how you know edm and and um you know hardware designers and interfaces are are working their way into other things like that um i myself have never played with one of these types of pad, pads before because i've never really been that kind of a beat maker i've always been a mouse clicker and you know a lot of people laughed at the mouse click until like you said um, Ninth Wonder did the Black Album with it, and yeah. um, for those of you that don't know, you know me being a, a producer and everything, I did not start in the PC world. I started in the PlayStation world in my music creation. Of course, yes, I played live instruments and stuff like that. My drums were my first, but I didn't I didn't start in the digital era. And Chris Dunn is the one that was responsible for me getting into FL Studio. Yeah. Now, I don't use FL Studio now because I've moved on to a more cohesive um, DAW, which is Persona Studio 1 version 2. Um, but FL Studio is where I got my chops um, somewhat in the digital realm. And it is such an awesome piece of software. Like, I really do love it. I haven't had a chance to check 11 out. I've, I've played with it up to 10 i've i've seen 10 yeah. but i've just kind of been out of the loop so i'm definitely gonna have to go and check it out now yeah i mean it's they've really made a lot of great improvements there's um a lot of um once again things for you to be able to do live performances and once again these midi controllers are really really intuitive and really mm. Uh, amazing like i i have seen some things on youtube where people are doing these crazy shows with uh these things and it, it's really phenomenal it, it makes me happy what people are doing and That's also awesome. another thing with midi is um there's this competition that they do every year in sweden called midi hacks and uh, yeah, you can check out midihacks.com. And these people Going there right are now. triggering uh, Ableton software and uh, not just Ableton software, but also they're triggering Logic, they're triggering FL Studio, they're triggering uh, in Pro Tools. Uh, these, uh, <laughs> they're, they're hacking uh, these things to create MIDI controllers out of the wildest thing. Uh, this, this past year, uh, either this past year or this year, somebody actually created a controller out of Legos. What? <laughs> uh, that is cool. Uh, just by, by the way, correction yeah. on the website, it is MIDI Hack with no S. So just to get that straight, um, MIDI Hack with no S. It, okay. They got a banana on this thing. Yeah, they've got banana controllers. <laughs> And a razor on this thing. Wow. So the main sponsors are Ableton, Native Instruments, uh, Spotify. Yeah. And um, there's quite a few different guys behind this thing. A Nike shoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is really cool stuff, man. Like, 
I'm I'm definitely, you know, me being a developer uh, on the the digital side, you know, I've never I've always wanted to get into real world applications like hardware. I've always been on the software side of things when it comes to development. You know, I can make an interface. I can make things look pretty. But when it comes to like actual uh, response, you know, where I'm actually tapping something physical and something is actually happening, um, this is this would be a really good way to kind of get into um, into that and learn. Yeah. You know, some things. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're actually developing apps for iPhone, Android, um, Windows Phone, and uh, doing like some really funky things with it, too. It's uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's uh, definitely some things for people to try out if they're going to be doing things in the DJ realm or whatever else. OK, cool. That's uh, definitely something um, to think about. Um, I do have a few ideas that I've been kind of throwing around in my head as far as uh, apps. You know, I love drums, anything drums, anything rhythm based. And uh, I've been thinking about, you know, what I could do. Just something simple and easy, you know, to to get into that. Um, MIDI is just one of those kinds of technologies that just amazes me because it never ceases to reinvent itself. MIDI has only been through one version Yep. since 19, what, 70 something? Yeah. <laughs> something, you know, and they are just now thinking about extending the capabilities of MIDI. So yeah. it is something definitely worth looking into and investing your mind into um, from both the hardware software development side to the actual music creation side. You can do some really interesting things with MIDI, as, as Chris mentioned before, with the light shows, um, you know, is it wasn't DMX. uh formed based off of some of the capabilities of MIDI the light the actual yeah. lighting cable DMX yeah yeah uh, the if you look at the lighting cable though I mean it's uh, you can pretty much use an XLR cable for that but the programming within it is essentially derived from MIDI yeah yeah so MIDI is some really interesting stuff man you guys go out and check that out yeah, definitely. And now it's time for Quick Tips. If you're anything like me, you like mixing things. But it can be frustrating when you don't know what you're doing. Where is the EQ? Find me the EQ! But thanks to AudioBytes Quick Tips, I can find my way around. I just click here and... Oh, there it is. Yeah! Audio Bites Quick Tips! So, uh, for today's quick tip, um, I wanted to kind to kind of speak to uh, recording in particular frame rates. Now, being that I had never experienced this before until I got into video recording, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I had just purchased my Motu Traveler. Um, paid like nine hundred and something dollars for the thing. Yeah, at that time it was uh, it was top of the line. Had twenty inputs and everything with ADAT, ASCBU sync and stuff like that. So when I fire it up, because I had uh, the card I had before that was the Echo Mia card, and that was a basic quarter inch in, quarter inch out kind of thing. So it was really simple. You know, there were yeah. no frameworks to really frame rates to really worry about or anything like that. But with the Traveler, 
it had the capability to sync because it also had MIDI in, out, and through on the card itself, as well as the ASEBU plugins as well. So, yeah. you know, the concept of keeping time code and, and things of that nature weren't really that important because I'm like, I'm never going to use this stuff, man. I'm just going to record <laughs> my stuff. You know, I'm just going to record my, my voice and my music. Uh, however, um, I did not recognize how much it actually does affect the recording because you're actually recording to a specific frame rate. So say um, say you want to do a slow-mo shot, and this is all going more from the video field um, at first. So I want to record a slow-mo shot, and uh, the the only way to really good, get good frames is to record at a very high frame rate. So I'll record um, at, say... 60 frames per second or you know double frame rate which is 120 frames per second which by the way the iphone um, ios 7 um, can do um, that frame rate that particular frame rate um, if you have the iphone 5 i think it was um, they 5s 5s they introduced the uh the 720p uh 120 frames per second frame rate so if i wanted to do a slow-mo shot but i wanted to keep the audio intact um it's very important that you set that because what it's going to do is your audio is going to play back so fast if you're sitting here recording at 120 <laughs> frames per second, but your audio was synced at 30 frames per second. Like there is no way that it's going to sync properly. Now, um, in the guise of audio recording, um, it's very important to know what that frame rate is as well. Um, for multiple reasons in in both the studio and in the video, because say you do a, a song um, and you want to do a music video to that song, well, they're going to need to know what that frame rate is. So yeah. make sure you're documenting what frame rate you're recording at um, and, and abide by that particular frame rate for that particular song. And most DAWs within their session files, you can go in and look at what frame rate is actually recorded. Now, if you were to go in and change, and I dare you to do that, go in and change the frame rate and play it back <laughs> and see what it sounds like and, and how it can actually mess up your file uh, if you're not careful with that. Um, the Yeah, you know, um, actually, uh, you reminded me of something that happened with me. Um, I had the privilege of recording the band All American Rejects in what was essentially their longest acoustic set ever. Wow. And so I had to go in, I had to mix that and everything. I had worked hard on this thing. And then after all was said and done, the guy that was editing all the video and had done all the filming, he had the cranes and everything like that. He was like, so what frame rate did you record it at? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, why didn't you tell me this was important in, yeah. in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I learned a lot from that. He was like, it's okay. I can, I can adjust it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, and you do, you can, but it just tends to bend the audio just a bit. Um, yeah. So you just got to really be careful that, you know, when you think about music and the music that you're recording, think about those, th those terms. Um, generally, most uh, of the frame rates that are being recorded at for music videos is 24p. As long as the frame rate is higher than what you're actually going to be releasing in, it's fine. But if it's lower, then that's when you tend to get into trouble because you, you start bending your audio. Another thing that I just thought about, remember how I used to record with the music generator from the PlayStation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not know 
that I was recording at the wrong frame rate, and that's why my music always ended up a sync faster because I was recording Ooh. from the wrong frame rate. The PlayStation actually has its own frame rate at which it sends uh, the audio, and I did not <laughs> think to even look at that until you know we brought this subject up the other day. I was like, you know what? I bet you that's why I had to go back in and resync all of my beats. I could I couldn't record past four bars. If Oof. I did, it would it would go out of sync. So I'd have to go back in and resync all of my sections that I did from that. I just thought that was an interesting little thing. Cool. Well, uh, thanks. And that makes today's quick tip. Yep. Yep. All right. That was a great quick tip. And so coming up next is one of our favorite segments, Geek Chat. It's time for Geek Chat. All right. So for today's Geek Chat, it's kind of a continuation from the last episode when we were talking about 80s and 90s reboots. But uh, today we're we're just going to be talking about reboots, period. It could either be 80s or 90s or modern, whatever. But um, to start us off, JD's got us a little something that uh, reminds me of Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, oh, yeah. go. <laughs> ninja, ninja, rap. <laughs> that to this day, man, I I still get down to that song. I don't care what nobody says. Metal Ice was the king when it came to that stuff. <laughs> like he just took it to a different level. Yeah, and the macaroni and cheese. Uh, a commercial that he came out with this year was was you know the cream of my crop. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but <laughs> you know like I when I when the movie comes out this year, uh, you know I'm I might have to jump up and do that in the middle of the movie. Or something, but, um, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, have been through quite a few different iterations over the the last couple of years um, through going from a different animated series on, I think it was Fox, Fox Kids. Yeah. Um, that was more anime style. And then they transitioned into another live action kind of set via Nickelodeon. Um, I think that was produced by Saban. Oh, that um, that one was actually Fox. Um, yeah, Fox, the Teenage Mutant okay. Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. And then, uh, yes. and then four kids did the more kind of anime style turtles. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So we have the we had those iterations, and then we had the TMNT movie come out that was like a 3D um, kids style movie. Yeah. Um, which they kind of revisited some things here or there, um, but nothing really caught the eye. You know. It, then they had the uh, the Nickelodeon series that they are running now, uh, which seems to be doing pretty well. Um, when I look on Hulu, it's it's always in the popular list. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are really, you know, into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When I go to places that I like to frequent, like Dribble and, and Behance and stuff, I see people paying homage to um, and Deviant Art. Uh, they're paying homage to the characters, you know, because they really love it. Yeah. However, Michael Bay, Transformer King, has decided <laughs> to take the helm of the movie side of things and and bring it a little bit more real world. Now, there have been trailers that have been released, and uh, I have to say he's going to have to do some, some convincing because in the beginning, he was thinking about 
making them Teenage Mutant Alien Turtles. Uh, um, well, actually, Teenage Alien Turtles was what it was going to be. It wasn't. And, either, they weren't. And mutants. they weren't going to be teenage either. Actually, it was going to be like Ninja Alien Turtles or something like that. Uh, okay. Anyway, he was thinking about literally ruining our childhood from the beginning to the end, and totally taking it off world. Uh, similar to what I've heard in other movies like M Night Shyamalan's Airbender. Don't even bring. I'm not that going up, there. Man. I'm not going there. I'm just uh, saying. I'm just saying. As an example, <laughs> that's it, that is kind of the pathway he wanted to take it. He did not want to stay true to the characters. No. So now that we have seen the trailers, and I have seen TGRI, and I've seen the ooze in the trailer, that has he's he's won some of my affection back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I do like the size of the turtles. I think they are beefy. I think they definitely represent uh mutation they they aren't like human size but they're a little bit larger than than the average True. human and um the characters themselves really exude it the only thing i don't like or that is kind of having to grow on me is the nose uh, okay? the nostrils i i know uh. i know but when you really think about it from a real world perspective that is the actual truth turtles have nostrils yeah, that's on their true. beaks and, and, and all of that. And so, you know, then you get into the t- what type of turtles they are. Snapping turtle, tortoises, blah, blah, blah. So I understand where he's going with that. But the lips. And I can forego that. With the nostrils. <laughs> like, and to give Michelangelo those big <laughs> lips. Uh, like, goodness. Wait, wait, wait. It's just a mask. It's just a mask. Okay? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. those Definitely. lips are huge, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. They're mutant, so you know that you gotta have mutant lips. Okay, the, the the lips are mutated. We understand where Bay is going with that. Um, I do like the action. Yeah. That I'm that I'm that I'm the only thing I'm concerned about. Well, actually, there's three things that I'm concerned about. The first is the storyline. Are you gonna stay true to the storyline? I'm hearing traces of you know April O'Neil's father. You yeah. know, being in there, he was never really in the series, so. You know, so the storyline is kind of bothering me a bit. Uh, the second is um, two characters, Splinter and Shredder. Yep. How they are going to look, feel, act, um, and how they are going to be portrayed. How that white uh, guy I'm, is going to be sh- uh, Shredder. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Oroko Saki is not <laughs> going to fit. Uh, that the guy who plays him. However, I am a fan of of him. I forget what his name yeah. is, but he was the the evil guy in the Lone Ranger, yeah. and he did a really good job with playing the character. He's a really good actor, yeah. so it's going to be interesting how that that plays into the whole storyline. So we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and then the third thing is um, making sure that th- because this is a reboot, that you stay true to the history of events you know um instead instead of taking it off course or creating another universe and things like that generally it doesn't go well so those things are are a bit of my concern but he's he's starting to convince me we'll see where it goes from there yeah and so another reboot uh which is actually more recent uh and we've mentioned this before and we've talked about it a, uh, a little briefly but it's the Amazing Spider-Man, which yes. 
just recently watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I uh, was blown away. Uh, I uh, really was. I mean, the depth of story, <laughs> the amount of emotion that they got out of it. I yes. Okay, spoiler warning for those that have not read the comic series or uh, watched the 90s cartoon or anything like that. All right, uh, spoiler warning. You can skip this part. Gwen Stacy dies. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a, a bit of a shock. Um, me and Danette were in the theater, and when it happened, you know, it's just the way that it happened. You know, I just was like, I knew it was coming because she does in the comics, you know? Yeah. So you have to kind of stay true to the story, but I didn't think it was going to be so soon. Yeah. You know, so. I had an inkling with, uh, you know, the creation of the Goblin and all that stuff, but. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't because I really, 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 really liked Gwen in this uh, in this movie. Uh, I mean, I liked yeah. her as a character. She was not a weak character. And no, she, she wasn't. She was very, very strong. And so I, I was like, please don't. Please don't. No! Yeah, um, Emma Stone is the 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 actress that plays Gwen, and she is a very strong woman, um, to say the least. She could have been Mary Jane. Yeah, she really could have. You know that is that is how powerful of a, a, a an actress she was. I do have to say that I do agree with some of the comments out there that it did feel a little Twilight ish. Well, yeah, you know, with the way that they were intertwining their romance and. You know, Peter was kind of like the oh, But they're teenagers. <laughs> like, how, okay, <laughs> having been a youth minister myself or president of the young men's organization, I yeah. deal, I've dealt with teenagers a lot. And uh-huh. that's the white teenage relationship. <laughs> dude, I, dude, it is not just. Uh, to the Caucasian race, okay? Because I have plenty of mine, being a minister myself, that act exactly like that. They're just like, she won't call me, man. Like, she won't, <laughs> she won't speak to me. She won't talk to me. Like, what's wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, gosh, dude, just man she, up a she bit. She hasn't God. tweeted me in like two hours. <laughs> I haven't gotten a text from her in like 10 minutes. Uh, actually, it's oh, more man, the girls that are like, five. oh my gosh, oh. Uh, yeah, I I texted him last night and and he didn't respond probably because he was sleeping. Yeah, you know it's like man, the teenagers in this day would not last five minutes in our world. <laughs> yeah, think of the think exactly. of that, man. It's like we had a dang telephone that we would wait by all night long. Yeah, we didn't have text messaging and internet wasn't really that popular at that particular time. Mm-hmm. It was only for the richy poo yep. people. So we were sitting there waiting for a phone call, waiting just to see their face again, going to sleep, dreaming about them. Yeah, waking up, going the next day, it just to get rejected. Exactly. Again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I feel like they captured that pretty well, the the mm-hmm. uh, the teenage romance, and yes, that is Twilight ish because teenage romances are Twilight ish. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're I've not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, towards the end of their relationship, it was pretty amazing how deep it yeah. actually started to become. It was becoming more yes. mature. And uh, like the fact that she was willing to sacrifice her life, uh, just being like, let 
me make my own decisions. <laughs> yeah, and it also brought depth to the Spider-Man character as well to understand why Spider-Man was such a popular uh, franchise slash comic book character among our readers when when he was coming out and why he resonated so well because of, you know, seeing Grin Stacy's father throughout the whole thing. He's warning you, yeah. dude. Dude, dude, you made me a promise. Dude, dude. Like, throughout the whole movie, and it's like, when are you going to listen? And now you have to live with that for the rest of your entire life with that on your shoulder. You know, so it's like, processing those things in in real life is such an important aspect i think to movies nowadays that should be included you know that there are ramifications to the choices that you do make if you want something to be a certain way that you need to be man or woman enough to stand up to those things and and go exactly so overall they're doing a great job with the amazing spider-man franchise Uh, it looks like they're actually going to be doing some spin-offs on the sinister on the sinister six and yes. the um uh and so i i think they're doing great man. all right so 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 let's go to two um two other franchises that are definitely rebooting one i am not satisfied with however there have been images released that is somewhat causing me to be piqued in interest and that is batman superman what are your takes on the images because they're out there right now if you go type in batman superman and look at the sneak peeks you can see what batman actually looks like and we actually have a title for that now the dawn of justice really okay yeah batman versus superman the dawn of justice justice league aka (laughs) yeah and um the suit looks interesting the i mean for you know ben affleck's Batman. Yeah. The, the suit definitely looks interesting. I don't like the size of the bat symbol. No, I don't. Um, But I, I think part of the reason why they did that is so that they could fit the Superman shield in the middle of the yeah. bat symbol. Yeah. Um, But overall, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, uh, Ben's looking pretty buff, you yeah. know. Yeah, he's, he's uh, definitely having to salvage his superhero career because you know he's played daredevil before and though daredevil was okay it was just kind of like uh not really what i was expecting you know and so now i think he's he's really trying to get serious about things because he's seen christian bale you know and what he what he is you know and how christian has totally turned it back the way it was supposed to be from michael keaton's era you know where batman is a serious person to be played so you got to really do what you do with that so what i'm really interested in is um seeing gal gadot um in her wonder woman suit i want to see what they're doing with that yeah she uh (laughs) okay (laughs) this is wonder woman so you know she's gonna have a certain breast size that's just one of the the (laughs) aesthetics that comes along with the characters but gal gadot does not and so i think they're they're trying to make a difference, but she's already kind of gotten flack from some of the hardcore people. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, you should just give up your role now because you do not look like her. She says she's training yeah. to, to, to really get her physique in the shape of that. Whether they add with us. the rock, mind you. Yes. She's training with the rock. Yes. 
Um, of course, you know, being part of Fast Seven, you know that that is where that kind of comes into play. However, yeah. you know, um, whether or not whether that or not they choose to add prosthetics to her or whatever to really fill out the character is going to be interesting because you know how they're doing things nowadays when when things aren't quote unquote where they need to be. I think she yeah. could do a good job. What do you think? Yeah, I think she could. I really think she could. I mean, she handles action very well, and uh, she has an exotic look to her that is that could really be reminiscent of somebody from Themyscira. Yes, yes, she could. She could, and I believe she could definitely pull off the accent um, of Wonder Woman because she kind of has that appeal when you listen yeah. to her in Fast Seven. So definitely. So, yes, we are in the age of reboots. Uh, it's even in our music. We're getting uh, some uh, uh, things in there. But uh, we want to know what your favorite reboot is, whether it be music, movies, video games, whatever. Please put it in the comments. Mm-hmm. Tweet it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag AudioBytes, A-W-E-D-I-O-B-Y-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also tweet us at... Uh, at underscore JD Compton or at Dunn Wright, D-U-N-N-R-Y-T-E. And let us know. Yep. Let, and also let us know how the, we're doing in the show. If you like it, if you don't like it, uh, if you want to hear about something, please, please uh, comment, help us out, share, tweet about us, everything. We love talking to our listeners. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And with that, that is a wrap, you guys. We'll see you guys next time. I'm J.D. Compton. And I'm Chris. 